Welcome back, everybody, to yet another Vince August podcast. The third one this week. Wow, this is turning into like a regular radio show um, with absolutely no pay (laughs) and no benefits. Um, First off, again, this is for Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not going to get into politics, news, anything like that. Um, But part of being thankful is saying thank you to everyone that listened to the podcast this week um, on Ferguson and and the the incredible messages, positive and negative, uh, that came to me. Um, And I say negative as well. And again, I I am grateful for people listening and having a voice. Uh, So thank you. Even for the people that disagree with me, I say thank you. Because it's about having an open dialogue and discussion. And I wanted to start a Thanksgiving podcast with a thank you. And that's the best way to say it. Um, I I invite everyone to react to these podcasts, um, to take a more active role rather than just sit back in your home, tweet, post on Facebook, um, have a more active involvement in your community, and, and that's what I'm about here. I'm trying to get a more active approach to everyone. And what this Thanksgiving podcast is about is about me taking an active role in giving thanks where, much like many people, I, I can sit back and complain and harp on the negative in my life but I choose to accentuate the positive. And I start with the fact that my rise to whatever small amount of fame I have came from something negative. Uh, The Supreme Court in September of 2013 forced me to make a decision with regards to my careers. They said I could no longer be a municipal court judge so long as I was an entertainer at the same time and they forced me to choose. And I did not want to have to make that choice. I very much enjoyed being a municipal court judge. I was very good at it. Um, It was a sense of pride for me. I was very proud to have risen to that level, especially as a solo practitioner, especially as someone who was not politically active. Um, To get to that opportunity and to get to that position by merit was huge for me and to have it given to me in an ultimatum form then as to which I wanted to do more uh, was a very difficult decision in the sense that I did not want to have to make the decision but it was an easy decision because I knew even more at that moment how much my dream meant to me but this is about being thankful and I am Unbelievably thankful for the opportunity given to me by the mayor, Rosina Romano, the township committee, the next mayor who took over, Gary Brueger, Democrat, Rosina Romano, Republican, that they gave me a vote of confidence and kept me in and reappointed me, even in the light of everything else. That gave me reassurance that our system was not completely partisan. And I am so thankful for the mayor and council throughout 
my tenure as judge. Um, being a judge made me a much better lawyer. Um, sitting up there and seeing cases and having to rule on cases from the middle of the aisle and not being on a defense side or a prosecutor side gave me new perspective on law in general uh, and dealing with attorneys and dealing with defendants and dealing with everyone that walked into a courtroom. It made me a better lawyer, but more importantly, it made me a better person because I, I got to see more people than just my clients. I got to interact with more people within the legal system, and I am so thankful for that, for that opportunity, for the interaction with the public. Um, so if this is about gratitude, I am so thankful for what I had as a judge and the fact that it was really taken away from me. People say to you, well, you know, you're thankful for that. Yes, I am. I'm thankful because it forced me to make a further commitment to my entertainment career. This year, 2014, started off with challenges right out of the gate. On January 11th, I lost my dad. And again, you know, I, I can sit here and harp on what it was like losing my dad, but this is about Thanksgiving. And I'm going to tell you what I was thankful for. I'm thankful for the fact that my dad lived 80 years. A lot of people don't get 80 years out of a parent. Um, I am so thankful for the doctors who took care of my dad when he had a liver transplant in the late 90s, that that liver transplant exceeded its life expectancy because of the care they gave, but more importantly, the care that my mother gave to my father. And to see my dad, who was raised in such traditional Sicilian ways, change the way he ate, change everything about his lifestyle, along with my mom. It, it gave me an opportunity to see when you're challenged with something, you can change everything about, your, about yourself. And I'm, you, you have to, again, find the positives. I'm, and I'm so thankful to have my dad that all of that time, to see my dad endure what he did and give me strength to be able to overcome challenges after seeing what he did. Um, I'm thankful that my dad was able to share a life with my mom, 57 years married, 60 years together from the time they were kids in Palermo, Sicily. Um, I'm so thankful that I had a dad for 44 years of my life. Again, not many people have that. Look at all the people that lost dads on 9-11. Look at all of the soldiers that go over that never see their kids grow up. Firemen, police officers, everyday people whose dads go out and, you know, for whatever reason, don't come home. Sickness, accident, everything else. I got a lot more than a lot of people get, and I'm grateful for that. The other thing, you know, my, my dad was very ill um, last year, November December and into January were, were brutal months. Um, that was when his body started to give out. And again, you know, something that's so painful, you say, where, well, where's the thanks in that, Then, And I'll tell you where the thanks is. I got an opportunity to sit and talk with my dad. I got an opportunity because I know 
or knew his time was winding down, and he knew his time was winding down, that we, we had opportunities to have real talks, real discussions. And even when it came to you know me having to give up the robe, I remember my father was so disappointed that I made that decision, and he was so heartbroken because for an immigrant to have a son who became a lawyer was a sense of pride. To have a, a son who became a lawyer and then became a judge was an unbelievable thing for him. And I gave that up to pursue a dream, a dream that he didn't really understand. But we had a chance to talk about it in, in ways that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise. And I had a conversation with my dad, and I remember it, it was in December of last year. And at the time, you know, his, his kidneys were starting to go. He was on dialysis three days a week. His liver was just all but failed. And he was laying on the couch, and he had a ski hat on to keep him warm in the house because he always felt very cold um, because of the circulation issues. And he looked at me and he said, so did you get an opportunity to tell the Supreme Court that they can take their job and stick it up there? And um, I, I said, well, not in so many words, but yeah. And this man who was you know, facing his mortality looked at me and said, well, there's only one thing for you to do now, and that's you have to succeed. You've got to show everybody that the decision you made was the right decision and the only way to do that is succeed. And I'm so thankful to have had that opportunity to speak to my dad. So thankful for the opportunity to say goodbye. I mean, the the, the, the last week my father was with us this year, me and my brother were administering morphine and he had that last hurrah on a Saturday and he was in the hospital and, and, you know, we really got a chance to talk and say goodbye. And the next day his, he just started deteriorating at an unbelievable pace. And we watched our dad die slowly for a week. And again, terrible, horrible to see, but I have to, look at the fact that I had an opportunity to have that last day to say goodbye. Most people don't get that. The month of January didn't get much better. Um, within two weeks of losing my dad on, on January 29th, uh, I, I had signed the TV deal earlier in, in 2013, in September of 2013, filmed the TV pilot, life-changing money, seven-year deal, um, the deal was set to expire or the option was going to be picked up on January 29th and the deal expired. The option did not get picked up and I went from having a TV show to having nothing. And again, so where, where's the thanks in that? I'll tell you where the thanks is. I got an opportunity to work with a huge production company. Um, I got a chance to meet the president of that production company and develop a friendship with him, a relationship with him. I got to meet unbelievable people along the way. I, I had an opportunity to come across this company because Mission Control Media, a production company in California, took a chance on me. And they took a chance on me because one of their talent coordinators and casting people, Jackie Pittman, found me and the friendship I've made with Jackie Pittman and the people from mission control media. 
I'm assuming will last me the rest of my life. They took me on a tour of the top syndication companies and production companies in the country. And I was able to sit down and have an experience that many comedians, many actors, many people in the entertainment industry will never have. And I am so unbelievably grateful for that. And even though the deal fell apart, I am so thankful for that opportunity. I am so thankful to have been able to live that aspect of this business that you you only hope is going to come along, and it came along. And again, this all came from a negative. This all came from me having to give up my robe. Since that time, I had an unbelievable meeting with maybe the biggest production company in the country, not the world. I was approached by the Weinstein Company, and um, one of Harvey Weinstein's people in the television department sat with me and met with me and was so excited about working with me. And he said to me, listen, you, you need to get started on your autobiography. He goes, because I, I see so much potential in you. And we could branch out into television, into film, into books, into so many things. And he, he lit an unbelievable fire under me. And I, I immediately got to work on my autobiography, wrote 200 pages plus on eight and a half by 10 paper in 10 days. Worked with my editor, uh, a, a, an unbelievably published author who'd been on Oprah a couple times, um, has been an unbelievable friend, Gary Warner. And we edited this book down in a matter of two months. I had an autobiography done and completed. And just when I went to call uh, this contact at the Weinstein Company, I guess I can give his name, Patrick Reardon, I saw in Variety Magazine that Weinstein was selling off the television department. And when I reached out to Patrick, I said, I guess everything's on hold. He said, unfortunately, yes. And that ended the roller coaster ride with the Weinstein Company and, and Patrick Reardon. And again, you say, Ma, an, another heartbreak. Yes, but at the same time, so incredibly thankful that someone of that caliber in that prestigious of a company saw talent in me, saw potential in me. And in the end, I got a complete autobiography out of it. A complete autobiography that I soon shared with someone from Gordon Elliott's production company who saw me perform at Bananas. And why was I able to perform at Bananas in Hasbro Heights? Because the, the, the moratorium, so to speak, I'm performing in New Jersey was lifted because I was no longer a judge. So again, the, the negatives, how they trickle and become positives. And I was able to sit down with John Tamino, who read my book and was blown away by it and has been sharing it with people in the industry saying, listen, th this guy's got unbelievable talent and, and look at what he wrote. I mean, look at this story. Um, again, I'm so grateful for all of these people coming into my life and touching my life. The fact that a, a small company in Hackensack, what a T, saw my story and said, we want to do something for you. And Sophie and Harriet, what a T, put together Vince August t-shirts. 
and I just gave them to me. And I said, here, sell them at your shows. Put some extra money in your pocket because we know you know, you lost a job and, and you could use the extra income. Do whatever you have to do with them. I'm not the type of person to benefit from someone else's charity. I try to pay it forward. So what I did was I took these shirts and I would bring them to shows and sell them for a donation, $5 and up. And all of the money, 100% of the money, was donated to causes. And with the 300 T-shirts they gave me, I was able to send $1,300 to North Shore Animal League and another thirteen dollars to $1,400 to the Bergen County Health and Human Services to help the homeless. So because of this negative, again, a company stepped forward and said, here, Vin, you know what? We, we want to support you. And in showing thanks to them, I paid it forward, and that resulted in benefit to other people. And I'm so grateful for, again, what a tea. Bananas for finally having me in my backyard after not being able to do it. Um, Gilda's Club inviting me to perform at fundraisers to help raise money for people going through cancer treatments. The opportunity to work with Alan's White Bell, who is a close personal friend of Gilda Radner, to hear his stories, to get guidance from him. I'm so unbelievably grateful for that. Um, you know, as a result of my losing this position, I was asked to speak at the Bergen County Bar Association dinner. I've, I've never attended a bar association dinner, and the former presiding judge in the Bergen County Superior Court who swore me in as a judge and swore me in as a lawyer said, Vince, come and perform. And I said, Judge Mack, I said, I, I really don't want to. I hate these dinners. No, 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 come down, come down. Everybody wants to hear from you. And we set it up in a way where no one knew I was going to be there. Absolutely nobody in the room, nobody on a dais. And he started telling my story. And then I came up behind him and I said, you're screwing my story up. And he said, why don't you tell it? And I got 15 minutes in front of lawyers that or God knows much better attorneys than me, much more experienced than me. Um, and I got a chance to tell my story to them and, and make a plea to them in terms of the profession and keeping it professional and, and, and just helping one another and assisting one another the way I got the help and assistance and all kinds of unbelievable positive messages while I was battling with the Supreme Court, and it resulted in a standing ovation from my peers. The fact that the Phi Alpha Delta legal fraternity caught wind of this, asked me to come out and speak at their biennial conference about my story, about how we can make the legal profession better. I am so grateful and thankful to be able to touch people and try to put in positive change. And again, you know, the people of Phi Alpha Delta, standing ovation from, from people all over the world. Um, they invited me back to D.C. to speak to incoming law students. Uh, it, it's been such an unbelievable journey. And again, from something that was sad in my life, all of this unbelievable positive energy, these positive opportunities came along. Um, even more recently, a production company in California, Think Factory Media, found me on their own and said, listen, we want, you know, we want to consider doing a show with you. Um, you know, we, we want to keep you on the hook. We, we want to continue to talk and negotiate this thing. 
you know, I'm unbelievably grateful to all of the industry that is recognizing that I have a story to tell. I have talent. I have potential. Um, I, I can't begin to tell you what that does to someone chasing a dream. It keeps my dream alive. It breathes air into a dream where, where you know what, sometimes you just don't have air in your own lungs. Um, this year was probably one of my worst financially in terms of my law practice. I struggled for most of the year. Um, and what that did was it forced me to make opportunities. It forced me to work harder. And one of the things I did was I said, you know what, let me try to put to use my teaching degree. Um, I'm sorry, not a teaching degree, my Juris Doctorate degree. And I took a, a, a praxis exam a couple years ago and got a teaching certificate. And I wanted to put that to use and reached out to some friends that are in, you know, different levels of education. And I started substitute teaching. And I was given that opportunity. And, and I guess I've done well because I've been asked to come back repeatedly. And I'm so grateful for the people at those education facilities and the, the superintendent and the people in the office that took a chance on me and in turn, you know, forced me to work harder. And in putting myself out there and working harder, you know what, my office took a turn for the better towards the end. And I'm so unbelievably grateful to everybody in, you know, law, teaching, um, entertainment, that has helped me get through this year, a year that's been a roller coaster ride. Most of all, like everybody tomorrow on Thanksgiving or today, depending on when you're listening to this, um, I am unbelievably thankful for my family. I am unbelievably thankful for my friends, for my supporters, for the people, as crazy as this sounds, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, all of you that continue to email me message me tell me you saw me perform at shows and you know I, I don't get paid a whole lot to do that when you see me at caroline's on a monday night i'm getting 25 bucks um it's not a lot you know when you see me at gilda's i volunteered my time you know people don't get into comedy for the money i could tell you that uh it, it's a lot like the fitness industry um people don't teach classes for the money it's it's a job that you know it's a labor of love and I am so unbelievably grateful for all the messages. When it comes to family, I, I am so lucky. Again, my dad was with us for 80 years. My mom still with us. Um, you know, I, I've, I've developed a new relationship with my brother Mario. Uh, we've become very close. My, my fiance is unbelievable. Um, she's been there on this roller coaster ride. And she knows I don't show emotion. Um, I will never show emotion in front of her. I guess that's part of my Sicilian background. I will, I will never let her know something is bothering me to be strong for her. And in return, she does the same thing. When that deal fell apart in January, she said, you know what, on to the next one. And I know deep down inside she was as crushed as I was. Um, when the Weinstein thing came along and that fell apart, I know she, she suffers with me on every one of these, these unbelievably steep roller coaster drops. 
And she doesn't say a word because she knows I have to dust myself off, get up, and, and you know, keep going. And she has been there. Our family dynamic is so unique. Uh, my fiance's ex-husband is an unbelievable father, great guy. And he married an unbelievable woman. And because we were invited to their wedding. And because the four of us are able to sift through the nonsense, through the pettiness of what would normally be a relationship that fell apart, that resulted in divorce, we have transcended that and we have an incredible family bond. We travel together. Yes, you hear that? Me, my fiance, her ex-husband, and his new wife travel together. We spent a week in Ireland this year in a castle together that we all rented out. We found this place. It, it cost us, you know, I think 500 bucks for the week each. We all chipped in and, and we all roughed it in this, this old medieval castle. And we had an unbelievable time. And we spent it as a family. My fiance's two kids, I, I am by no means a father or a stepfather to them because their father is incredible. I am the, the other older presence in their life. And we have an unbelievable relationship. Um, and I'm so unbelievably grateful for that. I'm so thankful to have people in my life. That's family. That is such a unique family. Um, for my other family, you know, my mom, my brother, Listen, it's it's like any family. You have difficult moments, and we have them. We're still here, you know? And for the friends and the people that have come to my shows and listened to this podcast and do it repeatedly, for all of you out there that continue to support me, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Um, I'm getting choked up just saying it. Without you, I don't exist, plain and simple. Without this dream, I, I, Vince August is, is a non-entity. Vince August is gone. You are everything that a person needs to succeed in this business. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And when I sit down at my Thanksgiving dinner, Tomorrow, I am going to remember every one of you. And when I say my prayers, I say a prayer for every one of you that you experience the happiness, the warmth, and the love that I feel when I see your faces at a show. And I'm terrible at showing it because I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm embarrassed by attention. When I get off stage, I want to hide. I don't like attention. I know how crazy that sounds, and there's a lot of entertainers that are like this. What we do up there is a performance, and then after that, you know, we, we go into our own little psychotic state again, and we almost seem antisocial, but it's just because we, we, we don't know how to handle praise and, and meeting people, and I've forced myself to become better at it. But believe me when I tell you, it's if you see me kind of shy away, it's because I'm embarrassed by the unbelievable support and I'm humbled by it. Um, I'm not one to brag. I'm terrible about listing shows on Twitter. I'm terrible about listing my appearances on Facebook and, and everything going on with my life because I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm bragging. I don't want to seem like, you know, because there's so much more work to do. 
but I am unbelievably grateful. And with everything, with all I've lost this year, dad, TV show, opportunities, meetings with production companies, deals that have gone by, struggled financially, I can't tell you how unbelievable, th- unbelievably thankful I am for every single thing that I have. And that's what this podcast was about. That's what it was for. And I hope that you can find that thing, even in your sadness, even in your sorrow, that makes you thankful. I hope you can find that thing when you sit down with whomever you're sitting down with. And even if you're alone, hopefully you're not alone. Uh, in some way, shape, or form, you could be with somebody, whether it's you know through social media, if you're at work, you're with coworkers, you can find that thing to, to find that happiness. Um, because you know what? Every day is a gift, and, and I'm so lucky, and I'm so grateful for everything that I have. So I wish all of you an unbelievably happy, healthy Thanksgiving. And I hope you find yourself to be as grateful and thankful that I am this year. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And a big thanks to Deck 3 for my intro and outro music. Thank you, John Haber. Again, stuff like this blows me away. Um, Keep listening, everyone. Keep spreading the word. And hopefully we can touch more people. And again, thank you.